It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Broadcasting in front of a live, look at them, live as they can be, live audience in front of them at the 34th Annual Fall Atlanta Home Show and Outdoor Living Expo at the Cobb Galleria. We'll be here this morning. I'll be here at 9 o'clock. Dave Baker will take over from me here at the Reliable Heating and Air Stage. Belinda Skelton will be here this afternoon. We'll be speaking and bringing guests on and, in this case, answering questions from the audience. That's one of the things that's great about coming to one of these live broadcasts, whether it's here or at Pike Nursery is you get to ask questions during the breaks and we have a nice conversation and tell stories about our various plants and things that we've had in our yard. Our number, if you can't make it to the Cobb Galleria, 404-872-0750. And Mike and Jackson, you're first in line this morning. Good morning, Mike. Morning, how are you? I'm great. How can I help? Uh, I got a question about some fruit trees. Uh, I've got quite a few in the yard, um, but uh, one of the apple trees is the gala tree. Um, it, it basically, well, what, last year what happened was like towards the end of the season, a deer came in and ate most of the leaves off of it. And I didn't really think it was a big deal. Yeah. And, uh, figured it'd come back next year fine. Well, what had happened was, uh, the outside of the bark on the trunk started turning black and it basically died this year. Um, wow. you could just, you know, break any branch off if you wanted to. It had no moisture to it at all. Right. And so I went ahead and, I went ahead and removed it. And uh, I was wondering what kind of what kind of apple trees actually grow well in Georgia. And I also had a problem with a cherry tree. It was a uh, they called it a cherry pie tree, I believe it was. And we had that when we had that cold snap in the spring, um, leaves started to bud out on it, like it was going to be fine. Then we got that cold snap, and it never returned. It was and that tree is yeah. only like. Um, maybe it was in its second year. The apple tree was going towards its fifth year. So it was doing, mm. everything was doing fine. Was, everything was going fine. Thought I was doing a good job. And then, yeah. you know, that happened. Let me give you one bit of advice first, Mike. Don't plant cherries anymore. I know okay. there's advertised as being hardy <laughs> in Georgia and doing fine, and you get your apple pie, and people and the birds and everybody eats the chocolate. Cherries don't do well here at all, period. No question about it. In Jackson, it's way too warm for them during the wintertime. I know it gets cold at Jackson, but what happens mm -hmm. is we have those fluctuations of temperature in the wintertime around Atlanta and Jackson. And the buds and the flowers will come out and they get frozen off. And once it gets frozen off two or three or four times over the couple of years that they grow, then the whole plant just gives up hope and says, I want to be in Washington State. I want to be up in Illinois. I want to be somewhere north of here. And the right. cherry tree goes and gives up the ghost. So no more cherries for Mike and Jackson. Uh, as okay. far as apples go, Gala, Gala works fine. Um, most of the delicious, red delicious, and the honey crisp, and uh, I've seen somebody that had one the other day that I thought was real pretty. And I forgot the name of that one, but nonetheless, the biggest thing that kills fruit trees, and I'm wondering about your gala that had, you said it was black bark, Mike, was that true? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had, and, and, and actually when I, I basically just, I could, I just kicked the thing over because it was so dead. Yeah. Um, it just kind of like fell apart, but when I was looking inside of the bark, 
and it had like some, like it looked like wormholes, pinholes mm. actually inside yeah. of the bark itself, or in the wood itself. Those were probably little ambrosia beetles that were in there, and they didn't kill the tree. Most likely they were just there to decompose it, because that's what nature wants to do, is decompose dead things. But mm -hmm. one of the things that kills apple trees most readily in Georgia is called fire blight. And fire blight, when you said black, maybe think about this. And the symptom is just the ends of the branches turn black and crook over a little bit, but the leaves stay on the tree about a foot long uh, tip of the branch, black as it can be, just like somebody scorched it, which is why it's called fire yeah. blight. And yeah. it's a disease that you control by one, not fertilizing real heavily at one time, but giving it slow fertilization all year long so it doesn't have a real flush of lush green growth at the ends of the branches. And number two, going online and finding some agromycin, which is a bacterial spray that controls fire blight. And as I rarely see it for sale around Atlanta, but agromycin sprayed at the right time really can help to control fire blight on apple trees. And given the okay. right fertilizer, fertilizer, enough sunshine, and some attention to the fire blight, you can have apples pretty successfully in Atlanta and, and Jackson, okay. too. Is there is there any type of cherry like type tree that grows well here? <laughs> you just want to have that cherry tree, don't you now, Mike? Yes, I do. A cherry tree like cherry. Hmm. Yeah. None that come to mind. The closest I can think of are plums, uh, but yeah. not cherries. Sour cherries. I saw a sour cherry in Grant Park in Atlanta back in 1983 or four, I guess. It had a pretty good crop on it for two years, and then the weather and the freeze and everything got to it, and it was dead, too. Sour cherries okay. are a little bit more weather uh, tolerant than the sweet cherries are, but I can't even recommend the sour cherries. Star and North Star and uh, Montmorency and those sour cherries, even they don't do great in Atlanta. Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the help. You're always welcome to try again, Mike, and if prove me wrong and tell me about it and let me know what you did right to make your cherry grow. But my advice, well, no more cherries. That, 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 yeah, that was the third tree. So <laughs> We'll see you soon, Mike. Thank you. All right, we'll see you soon. we got Tony in Winston, Georgia, who joins us. Hey, Tony, good morning. Good morning to you. Hey, Brother Tony, what can I do for you? Well, I heard you with the caller before on the uh, Zoysia, so I thought I would call. Right. Uh, simple question, and I'm not near a tablet where I can check your your calendar, so I will do that. But it, in in May, I had reason to I needed instant grass, and we put three pallets of zoysia, the zenith type. All right, good. And it's doing well. But my question is, when can I put? can I've heard people say don't fertilize it, don't put pre-emergent on it for a year. So I just really wanted to. Uh, can I put pre-emergent on it? I know on, on some of the more popular weed and feed bags, it says don't put on zoysia. Right. So I was kind of wanting to know what to put when I do weed and feed, and I, can I put pre-emergent on that? It was planted in, planted in May, you said, Tony? Yes. You're, you're fine. What you want to try to avoid is putting a pre-emergent down, or any weed killer really, down when the zoysia is first trying to root in. And in May, June, when it was rooting in, you wouldn't want to put a weed killer down then. But we've had several months, we've had a lot of rain, the zoysia should be nice and green and pretty, and so a pre-emergent, if you need one, now is fine. Well, let's button up to some older grass, and some. I heard the previous caller talking about crab, crab grass and such, so sure. uh, I didn't know. Uh, and somebody said you need to be weed specific when you put weed killer down on 
zoysia, is that correct, or can they just use regular weed and feed? I think regular weed and feed, generally speaking, is a broad enough broad enough control you get most broadleaf weeds and some grassy weeds too but Tony the biggest thing you can do to help with weed control is know your weeds I mean there's no better thing to to have knowledge of than be able to point to a weed and say I know that is burnweed I know that is mimosa weed I know that is a dandelion I know that is something else because sometimes there are broadleaf and pre-emergent weed killers that say specifically does not control X, and we've been talking here with the audience about mimosa weed, which I haven't yet found a pre-emergent that will control mimosa weed. So knowing that you have it and the pre-emergent is not going to control it, that gives you some advantage in your whole strategy. If okay. you want, Tony, I tell you, if you want to see some pictures of weeds, I made a project about, oh, eight months ago now on Pinterest. I have a Pinterest account. If you go to just search Pinterest for Walter Reeves, and you'll see that all I have there is pictures of weeds. <laughs> That's why you can see what weeds look like. Well, and uh, if you want to check out Pinterest and see the Walter Reeves page, it has all the weed pictures on it, you can check that out. Yeah, because wouldn't be something I used to would do, but put that chunk of money on some pallets and sod you want to sure, 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 sure. take care of. It. Well, man, I sure hope you have a good weekend. You too. Same to you, Tony. Thanks for calling. Okay, bud. Thanks. We got Brian in Pendergrass, Georgia, is with us. Hey, Brian, morning. Good morning. How are you? What you got, Brian? I have got mushrooms. Starting about two months ago or so, we started getting these just little white cat mushrooms popping up in our front yard. Sure. And uh, we pull them out, and they'll be fine, but then we'll get a good heavy rain coming in, and they'll pop right back up. Right. Not a problem. I have no idea what to do. Not a problem and nothing you should do other than if you have a golf game you want to improve, a golf club can be used to knock them around the yard. That works just fine. Um, <laughs> but what mushrooms are? We, again, in my audience here, we were talking a minute ago about what mushroom, what a mushroom is. It's the flowering form of something that's decomposing, a fungus that's decomposing grass, thatch, or root or something underground. And so in your yard, you had something that was dead and could be, again, just grass or thatch, and the fungus was decomposing. It became happy and thought, I'll flower, and the flower is the mushroom you saw. Okay, so just kind of let them run their course then. Let them run the course, mow over them, hit them with a stick, tell the kids to pick them up and wash their hands afterward. That's all you really need to do, Brian. Sounds good, sir. I appreciate it. All right, great talking to you. It is 8-17. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves for the Lawn and Garden advice you need. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. Today, sunny, high of 80 degrees, low of 60 overnight. Tomorrow, high of 75, low of 58. Cooling off just a little bit because it's going to be rainy tomorrow. 50% chance of rain tomorrow in the evening. 100% chance of rain on Monday. The effects of Hurricane Irma are going to come through Atlanta then. Kirk Mellis, of course, keeps us updated on that throughout the weekend and all next week. Triple Team Traffic keeps you updated about how traffic is going to be affected by the storms and by the great people from Florida who are coming up to Georgia because they need to get out of the way of that great big hurricane down there. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Kirby is in Douglasville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kirby, thanks for being so patient. Good, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Kirby. I'm great. How can I help? Yes, sir. I have started a butterfly garden, and I purchased four 
bee bombs, and they're very healthy, but they have not had nice. the first bloom on them, and I just don't know mm. what to do. You're kidding. Bee balm is such a nice plant and so good for butterflies and pollinators and things like that. I am so sorry to hear it, Kirby. Hmm. Well, I am too, but I mean, I've had some butterflies on my other plants, but I just, I don't even understand why these have not bloomed, and they're getting plenty of sunshine. I put compost sure. in the pile when I, you know, sure. in the beds when I did it, so anyway, any suggestions from you? You know, when people have success, I say, well, it's just good, clean living, and I don't want to suggest anything <laughs> about your lifestyle, Kirby, but maybe, maybe you're... Not, as they say in the South, not holding your mouth right or, or not sitting on the right <laughs> side of the chair. I don't know. If you, you've done the right things, you've got full sun, you've got the compost to fertilize the bee balm plants. They've been in the ground long enough to bloom. Come on. Yes, and they're healthy. I mean, they're beautiful plants with just no blooms. There are times when I just have to enjoy the foliage and the, forget the flowers. And I guess that is going to be your task, Kirby, is to think of how pretty that foliage looks. And if it doesn't have powdery mildew on it, which bee balm gets pretty easily, if it does not have much powdery mildew, then be very proud of yourself for that. You have successfully kept the bee balm clean from powdery mildew. The flowers, sad to say, are not going to happen this year. But when it comes back next year, hopefully you'll have a yard full of butterflies and bee balm, too. Okay, well, I appreciate your advice. I don't have an answer for you, but I think you're doing a great job of planting a pollinator-friendly plant like bee balm. Great plant. Great plant. Well, thank you. You have a great day. You too, Kirby. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Next, next half hour, we're going to talk to Nancy and Decatur about the powdery mildew she has on her zinnias. Jerry in Bethlehem has a pecan tree with black dots all over the leaves. Bryce in Gainesville says, it's too much rain. What do you do if there's too much rain after overseeding? You can call and ask your garden question anytime you like, 404-872-0750. We'll be back right after news. It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. Broadcasting in front of an ever-growing and ever-more intelligent audience here at the Cobb Galleria. We are broadcasting from the 34th Annual Fall Atlanta Home Show and Outdoor Living Expo. People are drifting in pretty quickly right now because they know if they get here between now and 9 a.m. and know the password, which is reliable at the front gate, then they get to come in to see the Lawn and Garden Show, see the Home Fix-It Show with Dave Baker, and then uh, get into the show itself when the Home Show opens at 10 o'clock. It'll be for free, so lots of people coming in right now. Our number on Lawn and Garden is 404-872-0750. But first, let's have a conversation, as we do every Saturday morning, with our friend from Pike Nursery, Mickey Gazaway. Hey, Mickey. Hey, how are you? It sounds like I'm, you're having fun. We are having fun, as a matter of fact. Dave Baker has his iPhone that is a minute ahead of everybody else here in the audience, and we cannot figure out why. Well, with my vast technology, technical yeah, abilities, I'll, I'll figure it out for you. Somebody somewhere, <laughs> please let Dave know during the Home Fix-It show this morning why his phone would be one minute ahead of everybody else. Funny. It That's is funny. Weird. Well, anyway, he would probably know already what the uh, Pike Pick of the Weekend is because he is ahead of everybody else here. So he would know the future is coming in right now. Right, exactly. So, Mickey, that's your, your job every Saturday is to pick a plant. 
or something that you want to put on 20% off at all the Pike Nursery locations. So what is it this weekend? And this week it's herbs. So all the rosemary and oleander, not oleander, but oregano <laughs> and thyme. And, uh, thyme and parsley and um, uh, all the herbs are... 20 percent off. 20 off. 20 percent yeah. off. So that's a great thing because many herbs are perennial. Maybe not basil, but oregano is, no, thyme is, rosemary is. They're all perennial it's herbs. It's a great they time can... to plant cilantro. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrific time for cilantro right now. Cool season and cilantro grows great between now and, and the coolest weather in the fall. And uh, one of the things that I need desperately in my yard is another trailing rosemary. And I'm sure you have trailing and upright forms of rosemary, too. We do. We do. We've got both of them. I have a, a wall in the backyard, a little low wall, and the trailing rosemary sadly got eaten up by spider mites over the, sun, over the uh -oh. summertime. And even though I know it's possible the spider mites would get onto the new one that I plant there, that's one of those things because I can't spray it. I don't want to spray anything on my rosemary because no. I use it sometimes when I cook. So I just I, replace it whenever the spider mites get to it and have usually it lasts for a couple of years and they get to it and they eat it up and I get another rosemary from Pike. So that's how I deal with the spider mites exactly and right. rosemary. Do you get any uh, planting tips on how to plant herbs in general, Mickey? Well, most of the herbs are from um, the Mediterranean where it's hot and dry and um, good, well-drained soil. So you just try to replicate that, give them plenty of sun, and mm -hmm. open up the soil. You were talking about uh, adding organics to the soil so that you can open it up, and I think that works great for the herbs. In general, I don't fertilize my herbs very much. Do you? I don't do a lot of it. Sometimes I'll give them a shot of miracle Grow or something like that, but I don't usually, they don't need it. No, it seems like they, they actually make the, the taste of the herb is better when they're not fertilized very much. Right, right. And I think they're better if they're picked in the afternoon. And I don't huh. know whether that's a wife's tale or what, but they have more flavor than if you pick them when it's cool. If you pick them in the afternoon when it's hot, they just uh -huh. seem to... They seem to have more flavor and more sun. I don't know. That may be a wives' tale, but it's convinced me of it. So that's what I picked mine. So we've got the herbs going on sale for 20% off today, but you also have classes coming up for growing your own food that's going to come up pretty soon too, that's right? That's right. And that's going to be at the um, Peachtree City, Lindbergh, Johns Creek, and here at West Cobb mm -hmm. this week. When does it so start? This week or next week? It's the 12th, isn't that, oh. is that next week? Yeah, next week. That, All right, it's in yeah, the middle of next week, week or the Wednesday right. or so of next I week. Think they start on, I think they're usually Tuesday, Wednesday, no, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and Saturday. I don't know, but go on, you know, you know where to go. <laughs> Somehow we know where to go. We'll figure that out in yeah. a little bit, where to go to do that. But the other classes coming up, you've got Growing Your Own Food in September. You've got uh, the latest part of the month. We've got Lawn Care and Landscape Design Basics. That'll be in right. September the 26th through the 30th. Grilling in, yeah. grilling in the Garden is on grilling the 23rd in the garden. coming up. Come and eat with us. Yeah. yeah. You can feed everybody then. And then the yeah. pumpkin giveaway at the end of the month comes up too, right? Yeah, it's going to be a good month. A great month for Pike Nursery. But remember, today, the big deal for this weekend, the herbs at all Pike Nursery locations, 20% off. All you have to do is fill up your cart with herbs and a little bit of starter fertilizer, maybe some organic matter to make the soil soft, and say these are 20% off. These herbs are 20% off.
so the cashier knows what to do with the button she pushes and there we go 20% off all you herbs all pike nursery locations you so Mickey it. and don't forget you can put them in containers oh that's yeah. right put them in pots and things like right that containers. yeah Okay, I'm so, sorry. So we wanted to veer off of the plant uh, world here a little bit and talk about how did you feel about the outcome of the football game last week? Very happy. Very I bet happy. you did. Alabama <laughs> seemed to do pretty easily roll over Florida last week, and I was happy for yeah, you. It should be pretty and easy this week. We had the Bulldogs play Georgia, in Notre Dame today. I going to do good. I do, too. 3.30, I believe, is the pregame show today, 7 o'clock or so right. tonight for the game starts at Notre Dame or in South Bend, Indiana. And we'll have it right here on the Home of the Dogs, News Talk WSB. So, Mickey, okay. I will allow you the one time and I'll allow you every Saturday morning to say what <laughs> college football team do you root for? Roll Tide. Roll Tide. There it is. And where do we go to find all the Pike Nursery locations in the Atlanta and North Carolina area? At PikeNursery.com. Of course. Mickey, it's great talking to you. We'll see you next Saturday. You too. See you later. We'll see, see you then. Mickey Gasaway, one of my most esteemed and wise friends from Pike Nursery, every Saturday morning at 830 to announce the Pike Pick of the Weekend. Nancy in Decatur joins us. Nancy, you're on News Talk WSB. Hi. Good morning. Hi, Walter. Good morning. Good morning. Um, How can I help? Uh, this past spring, I planted by seed um, the cut and come again zinnias, and they yeah. grew and they came up beautifully. And I was really enjoying them as a as a flower cutting garden. And then about midway through the summer, I went out to cut some, and there was a powdery mildew all over the leaves, the lower leaves, and the stems. And I'm just curious how I can try to prevent that next year. And if I can't prevent it, what should I do to to treat it? Some zinnias are powdery mildew resistant, so if you're planting seed, look on the pack and if it says resist powdery mildew, they're the ones to get because okay. powdery mildew is pretty common on zinnias and bee balm, and we talked to a lady earlier. So you try to do resistant varieties, number one. Uh, try to keep it as dry as you can in the garden. Of course, you can't control rain, but try to keep it as dry as you can. And that may seem counterintuitive, but once in a while spray your zinnia plants real strongly with water and many times it washes some of the powdery mildew fungus away from the leaf you do it in the morning so it dries off pretty quickly in the afternoon and that's uh -huh. one way of keeping the powdery mildew a little more at bay than maybe just leaving things to themselves there uh -huh. another thing that i've seen i saw actually last sunday i took my walk over at mason mill park and I went to the mason mill garden club um, uh, little garden area at mason mill park in decatur and uh -huh. so zinnias there that had what looked like measles. Have you seen that on your zinnias? No. Uh -uh. Oh, man, it was brown spots all over the leaves of the zinnias. Oh. I took my camera phone out and took pictures of it because I hadn't seen that on zinnias before. Uh -huh. some, one, of the, one of the leaf spots, I don't know the name of it, but I'm just thinking to myself, I need to find out what that is because it was eating up those zinnias there. Wow, wow, wow. No. Oh, I sure have plenty of the mildew, though, and, um, right. you know, I, I really ended up just cutting it, cutting everything down and putting it in lawn bags to yeah. kind of control it. Oh, you know, one more thing, Nancy, I didn't thought about this, but oils sometimes will help to control um, powdery mildew as well on whatever plant you have it on. So neem oil particularly is pretty easy to find at garden centers, and the oil makes the powder of the powdery mildew uh, coalesce and sort of slide off the leaf. So that's another thing to oh. do is, is think about oils for your zinnias. Okay, great. Would that be harmful to insects? Mm, 
depends on if they're on the zinnium. They thump the zinnium first <laughs> to drive the drive the bugs away, and then spray the oil on them uh, to I control see. the mildew. Okay, okay great. That's All been right. so helpful. Thank you. Thanks for calling, Nancy. We'll see you soon. Bye bye. We've got Jerry on the line from Bethlehem. Join us on Lawn and Garden, Jerry. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Thank you for taking my call, sir. What have you got, Jerry? I've got a pecan tree that I've had. I've lived at the place for about 20 years, and it's been established about three and a half foot in diameter. I first moved in there, and I was getting the big paper shell, the big paper shell pecans, a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Now i got little black dots all over the leaves, and uh, when the pecans fall off, they're still in the green husk. Yeah. They're, um, yeah, they're all rotten and black inside. You have a disease called scab. Scab is very common on pecans, and if there's one pecan that gets scab more than anybody else, it is the paper shell variety of pecan. So, Jerry, you have a disease that in some years will be fine. You'll get pecans just like you have before, and some years if you have a lot of rain, the scab will develop and spread all over the leaves, all over the fruit, all over the nuts, and cause them to fall out. And there's not a whole heck of a lot you can do about it. You can't spray a pecan tree very readily, can you? No, sir. I have I have thought to myself that if I had a pressure washer and if I could figure some way to inject the the uh, fungicide into a pressure washer, you could use that to spray a tree. But I'm not smart enough to figure out how to do that, Jerry. You're in Bethlehem. There's a lot of handy people out there. If you could figure it out, I'd appreciate you letting me know how to how to set up a pressure washer to do that. Okay, because I haven't got a pecan, a good pecan, off of it in over ten years. Wow. Well. I think 10 years ago, if you planted a different kind of pecan that didn't get scabbed quite as badly, you'd have been a happy man today. Well, I guess then I'm just going to have to cut her down, I guess. And they have pecans for sale at the grocery store just about every day, and you can go there and get them if you need to. And maybe somebody with a pecan tree that uh, lets you come pick them up from their trees that don't have scab on them, you can go there this year. All right. Thank you very much, Walter. Thanks for calling, Jerry. Yes, sir. Thank you. Let's see, it's 847 at News Talk WSB. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after this. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellis weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves and the Lawn and Garden advice you need. They say crazy things about me, and right now I'm saying a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. We're having a great discussion here right now about how to calculate the, the percentage concentration of fungicide spray on a pecan tree with a pressure washer. That's the kind of conversation you only get from an audience here at the Cobb Galleria. But let's go back to the weather. Today, the weather's going to be real relatively warm, 80 degrees this afternoon, sunny, low overnight, 60 degrees. Tomorrow, a little bit cooler, high of 75 degrees, low of 58. 50% chance of rain tomorrow, 100% chance of rain Monday. Kirk Mellis will keep us updated about the weather forecast, the weather effects of Hurricane Irma, and our triple-team traffic folks will tell us if there's any traffic effect as well. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Bryce is up in Gainesville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Bryce. Good morning. Welcome to Lawn and Garden. Good morning. Hey, Bryce. Uh, Thank you for taking the call. Yes, sir. Listen, before I get started, I want to give a shout-out about your website. It's great. Great content. Oh, thank you. And the information architecture was great. Oh, great. Good, 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 good. Thank you for saying that, Bryce. 
Well, listen, I've got a problem where I, I overseed it and I did a great job. I thought I was so smart. And, uh, <laughs> I, I, man, I aerated to the point it looked like it had been tilled just the right amount of, of uh, fescue down, so on and so forth. I ran out of daylight before I could get enough straw down. Yeah. Well, when we had that rain, I was set up just perfect. But the way my watershed is, it, it, it came over, but when it rained that hard, for 10 or 15 minutes, it puddled. Seems like it floated uh, my seed and it's kind of disappeared. Right. But all of the plug holes have disappeared too, and it seems like all of the plugs that were on top have just disseminated. Yeah. So the question is, with the clumping that you get with the tall fescue and with what I did with the, the plugging and everything, well, the grass seeds seems, seems to have disappeared. Not like it washed off, but it's kind of like gotten into the clumps and in different areas. Got it. What's my next step here? If I lost it, if I got to start over again, what when do I was, do here? When, when did you do all this then, Bryce? Last weekend. So it's not quite time to see any sprouts, to see exactly where the seed landed, whether the rainfall did clump it up and move it into just little half circles is the way I see it. Sometimes on lawns that have a little bit of slope, it'll be little half circles of the seed that's floated up and accumulated. So we don't have quite the time now to see. I think you have plenty of time to reseed if we indeed need to do that. And so I don't think I'd do anything for the time being. It's warm soil. The seed for the fescue should come up just as readily as it ever will in the next two or three or four days, I would think. By next weekend, we can make a decision, but I don't think you need to make it now. Okay, so wait and see. Watch it to come up, see what has happened. Yeah. And, and hopefully it's not going to be too thick if it is in those clumps. Right, exactly. And if it is, then maybe have to rake a little bit out to thin it out because you don't want fescue seeds too close together because then they get diseases and things that come from being overcrowded. Mm -hmm. So we, again, not making any decisions about anything now and wait till next Saturday. And call me next Saturday. We'll find out what you, what you see and what you decide. All right. Have you got time for one more quick yeah, About a minute and a half. Go for it. I won't take that long. I went to a seed and feed store and picked up a little bit of uh, creeping red fescue because I've sure. got water oaks and some deep shade, and yeah. I wanted to, to very thinly put that out underneath. Bad idea, or what do you think about that idea? Not, not a terrible idea. It depends on sort of how warm it gets during the summertime. Gainesville is north of Atlanta, where you live, so it's a little cooler up there than Atlanta. And sometimes in the right conditions, creeping red fescue can thrive for three or four or five years. It's more shade tolerant than fescue, and that's, I'm sure, why you wanted it. So uh, it's worth a try. I think it's creeping red fescue is a possibility for Gainesville North, and probably not so much down in Atlanta where you have a shady place. It's been a wonderful Saturday morning. I've had a great audience here at the 34th Annual Fall Atlanta Home Show and Outdoor Living Expo at the Cobb Galleria. As long as you get here in the next two minutes, between now and nine o'clock, you get in free to the home show. Dave Baker takes over in just one minute, Dave says, from his watch, from his uh, iPhone. But if you get here and then the show opens at 10 o'clock, if you want to come see, uh, who am I thinking about? Belinda Skelton will be here this afternoon at the Red Hair Garden. There's lots and lots and lots of vendors here. The Superside folks and the landscape people as well, as well as anybody else you need to have to renovate your home. I'll see you next Saturday, everyone, in another edition of Lawn and Garden. See you then.